pull up a chair. Yeah, we're going a little bit off of the uh, pubcast format this week. No bottles, no beers. The reason for that, you'll see pretty quickly why. I mean, we're going to be talking about a pretty serious, important topic that I think affects a lot of us. It's entrepreneurial depression. I don't want to throw a depressant in the middle of all that, but I also want to bring in you know, my good friend and I don't want to say an expert on the topic, but someone who's had to deal with it himself. Someone who's very public about it, Chris Brogan. Um, it's going to be a great show. And I'm going to reveal, I don't know, I think maybe for the first time some of the stuff I go through too. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Let's do it. Hey everybody, it's John here from JohnLumer.com and John Lumer Digital on Facebook. Now this is where I typically uh, introduce the pubcast and talk about how you get drunk, drunk on social media and we pop a bottle and all that good stuff. Uh, I didn't really think that was appropriate this week given the topic, the subject matter. If, if we're consuming a depressant while we're talking about entrepreneurial depression um, and considering our awesome guest, Chris Brogan, today. I don't know if he even needs much of an introduction. We don't need to do it all fancy uh, sound effects and all that crazy stuff. Really, really happy to have on the show today my friend, the good man, Chris Brogan. How you doing, Chris? I am super. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a loaded question considering our, our topic, right? I mean, yeah, because yeah. that's what everyone says when they're depressed. Because <laughs> if you say anything other than that, people are going to accidentally, you know, talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is a topic that I, I immediately thought of you because you've been, you know, very public about um, depression. It, it's interesting because I've seen this a lot lately. Uh, other entrepreneurs um, close to me, and even not so close to me you know, coming out publicly that, that they've dealt with depression. And the truth is, look, I, I've never been diagnosed, I've, but I've dealt with a lot of these things and I can fully understand why it could even happen. Um, why we may be more prone to depression than the normal folk. Uh, not, you know, and uh, aside, putting aside for a moment, like any of the clinical uh, you know, chemical things. Um, there are other there are other environmental issues we deal with, and I say environment like where we are and what's around us um, that can make it easy. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, and I want to get to your story here in a minute. Um, before we get to that, because a, a few unique struggles I think that we deal with, right? I mean, how long have you been working? Do you work from home, or do you work in an office, or what do you do? Um, now I work at my place. Um, I had an office for a little while, but then it seemed kind of really weird to have to get dressed, put on clothes, and walk across the street. Yeah. I mean, my office was, you know, 400 footsteps from my house. It didn't make a lot of sense, except that, you know, there was a situation where there were doors, and, you know, I could you know, not have my kids in the same room with me, and that made it a little easier at that point in my life. But um, I am in a split household where, you know, my ex-wife lives on an, in another house and all that. So I split the time with the kids. So I have lots of days, you know, where I can work here without being, you know, kind of I, I can work under my own steam, basically. But, that you know, that that 
I think where you're going to go with that is that, you know, when you're sort of in your own skin and you're in your own environment, when you have the opportunity to not have to leave the house, not bathe, not put on clothes, you know, it certainly certainly sets you up into a scenario where you could allow yourself to wallow even more in your depression, I guess. Hey, John, before we start, you know, one thing I want to say, because of the nature of the topic, I'm an utter lay person and I have no uh, professional medical background in Mm. any of this stuff. I figure it's important to clear the air so that someone doesn't think they're talking to some expert on depression. I'm just, you know, yet another turd head who was once diagnosed with mild clinical depression. Well, you're an expert turd head who's gone through it. So I think in, in that sense, you're an expert, but obviously, yes, I, it's, it's a good point. Um, but yeah, I think what you're saying, you, you knew exactly where I was going with that because um, I, not, not everyone who's an entrepreneur is isolated. Uh, you know, some, some people choose to you know, set up an office and all that kind of stuff and work with people and probably for these, these types of reasons. It, it, <laughs> I think it's interesting because I think a lot of what we love about it, being an entrepreneur, a lot of what people desire about entrepreneurship um, is, you know, being able to, if you want to, you know, work in your pajamas all day, never leave the house, uh, just have flexibility, do whatever the heck you want. Um, That kind of, that leads to those, some crazy isolation. Like I've been working from home for eight years and I've been isolated. So like my out of, outside of my house, um, I have friends, quote unquote, from coaching baseball and whatnot. But I don't like have close friends that I like hang out with, and even if they weren't close friends, like at work when you went into the office, you always had people around you, three-dimensional people. And I think that's that's uh, a unique issue to us. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. Uh... The things that contribute to depression, I mean, your diet can contribute to depression, yeah. so what you choose to eat. So entrepreneurs tend to eat a little weird sometimes because, you know, we're just sort of face down in our work and we might kind of forget timing or just eat whatever's handy. And that might be like a lot of toast because you didn't, you know, go out and buy something. You know, there's things like that. Uh, isolation isn't so great for depression. Uh, fitness level, you know, yeah. I, I find that when I'm depressed, I'm, I'm going through some depression right now. And that's like an easy thing to fall off the, the, the wagon yeah. on is the gym. That, that's that's like one of my number one hitters. And so uh, what's really funny about this, though, is that, of course, you know, the same all those things in reverse. Oh, uh, sleep, lack of sleep, because if you're mm. not sleeping while you're going to get depressed. Um, all of those things in reverse are like the cure uh, for the baseline stuff of depression, which is to say that, you know, some people have so much of a chemical problem going on that they're needing some medication to kind of jolt them out of their scenario. Right. Uh, and sometimes some people need medication just to even keep a, a baseline level. But even those of us who are feeling something a little bit more than down in the dumps and a little bit sort of more sustained over time kind of a thing, all those factors that we're talking about are what also sometimes make us thrive as an entrepreneur. So it's yeah. always like that sort of double-edged sword. It really is. Like, I mean, I think about, I, you know, I don't have a boss, which is awesome. I've always wanted that. And I think a lot of people want that. But then again, I'm not necessarily a person who's great without structure. And so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have structure now. I need to motivate myself. I need to be my boss. And um, I, that, that's that can lead to depression. Like all, all these things are overwhelming and you know, you get in your own head and all that kind of stuff. Um, you talk about health, absolutely. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, try, I try to be on a better schedule these days to eat and eat healthy, eat breakfast. A lot of people skip breakfast, making sure I eat lunch. My wife cooks wonderfully uh, for dinner. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm even 
these days I'm, I'm the podcast has been kind of funny because I haven't had a beer on the podcast in a while. I'm trying to even limit that. Whereas before I was only drinking like a beer a day on average anyway. It wasn't a big deal. But um, so all these things I'm trying to run, Chris, I'm trying so hard to run. Uh, I've, I've got that this whole chart up on my wall to keep me motivated because I'm not running with anybody. I'm just running on my tre- right. treadmill here in the background or occasionally I get outside. Um, I mean, so, so I, I know you work out. And, and look, we all have our, like, I, I look at my chart and I, I have two week periods sometimes where I'm not doing anything and have to make up for it. Um, I mean, what kind of things are you doing to keep healthy physically? Cause that absolutely impacts how you feel mentally. I, I think a lot of people aren't putting together yeah. those two things. Um, I lift weights and I also do a little bit of cardio work. I, I need to do a lot more of that. That's the kind of thing Like if I'm going to skimp on something, it's going to not be, you know, not doing cardio, which means that I'll have not enough calories burned. So I'll just keep getting fatter. Um, but I like to lift weights. I like to move metal up and down. Um, I think that um, <laughs> my buddy Jake has this T-shirt that he sells. It says, you know, coffee and squats are always the answer. Yeah. Um, and so I totally agree. I think coffee is a delightful thing. And I think just throwing a bar on your back and getting down and doing some squats just really can relieve a lot of uh, mental stress. The other thing is that I like about it, to your point about not having a lot of structure, I mean, the bar is the bar. The weight is the weight. You know, when you go down, sometimes you can put 300 on your back and sometimes, you know, 185 feels like a struggle. And you're like, what the hell? You know, I know I can do more than this. And it, it really tells you a lot about yourself in a really short snapshot. And it also gives you something to push against. And I, I, quite literally, but also, you know, metaphorically, it lets you say, man, I'm just so frustrated with everything else. But if I get this, you know, I can feel like this is an accomplishment, even when I feel like I'm just not getting any other wins. One of, one of the uh, choruses that comes up really loudly in my, my head when I'm feeling depressed is I, I just can't win. Hmm. Like, I just can't win. Nothing's working out for me. I am just failing. No one cares. And I am so irrelevant. And nothing I'm doing is matters, right? Hmm. And so I think when I uh, try to cure that a little bit, sometimes it's, you know, hit the gym. And it is just get under the bar and, and or whatever, do bench pressing, whatever it is going to be. Power lifts are kind of what I like to do the most. Um, and but but anyone can pick whatever they want. You know, running is great. Uh, shooting hoops. You know what I mean. Yeah. Anything that's just gonna you know kind of get your body moving for a little bit and and with some exertion. You know, the other thing I always try to tell people is you know just showing up to the gym and reading a book on the treadmill or on the bike. Uh, you know, isn't really gonna help you a whole lot. You've got to kind of put your head into that for a little bit. Otherwise, it's you're gonna miss the best part of the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting how you describe some of your depression. Where, you th- where your, your thought in your head is, I can't win. Because uh, I, I say it's interesting because I th- we all experience these kinds of thoughts differently. Like when I think of my own um, depression, whatever that is, um, it's kind of ridiculous for you to, for, uh, from us as an audience thinking of you as someone who thinks they can't win, right? As some, someone who's, who's shown he's a winner. Um, but along similar lines, I, and... I think imposter syndrome is a really big issue for people who are, like that. That's that's more than anything what I would expect you you to say that that's the type of issue you might have where it's like instead of I can't win, I I accomplished this but I didn't deserve it kind of thing. And I think that's that's what um, is pretty co- common. But uh, I mean, what, I guess maybe expand a little bit on on your thoughts there as far as you know what gets you down. 
Yeah, well, there's a great book, by the way, all on on this. It's a very dry book. I'll tell you that up front. <laughs> you know, so if you're not if you're not much of a reader, this is not going to make you more of a reader. Uh, but it's called Self Esteem by Dr. Matthew McKay, yeah. and he he writes really extensively on this concept called the inner critic. And it's mm. a very measurable phenomenon. We all have an inner critic. It's totally real. And it's that voice that's kind of like, you'll never make it. Or, yeah. yes, you do look fat in that dress or <laughs> whatever it is. You know, like yeah. there, It's anything that's going to say something bad. And what he says is that it actually serves a really uh, noble purpose, it thinks. What it's trying to do is beat other people to the punch by saying something bad or making you feel bad before anyone else gets a chance to. Mm. Um, and, and the problem with that concept is that it's not guaranteed that someone else is going to say something bad about you, but yeah. it's guaranteed you're in a critic kind of left unchecked is going to, it's def that's what it's built to do. And so, uh, I can tell you that, you know, imposter syndrome falls into that. Anything where, you know, you'll never make it, you're not good enough, you know, um, maybe you're fooling everybody, but you're yeah. not fooling me. You've tried this all before. I mean, that is a lot of people's battle cry. You know, I, Look at me. I, I lost a crap ton of weight. I just put a bunch back on again. I'm back to being fat. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of storyline you can add to that and be like, duh, you know, mm. see, you're such a loser. But the other thing is that you have to sort of thank the inner critic. That's the other problem is you can't be mean to him. Mm. You just have to thank him. <laughs> and you have to say, oh, you know what, guy? Thank you so much. I'm glad you explained that to me. I got it. Um, but I don't need you in that way right now. I'm, I'm just going to handle this one on my own. Um, and, and that's one way. The other way, I, I just read this great book on uh, the suggestion of my fiance Jacqueline. It was called The Tools, and it's by this guy, uh, Phil, Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. And it is a great book full of actionable tools from these two shrinks who were really sick of trying to use Jungian psychology and explain, you know, tell me about your mother kind of stuff to, yeah. to help people. Uh, because these people show up and say, I've been to therapy like 16 years, and obviously it's been 16 years and nothing's better. Now what? And he, uh, they do a bunch of like visualization stuff and like real direct action kind of things. And so that's how I fight against the inner critic now is I try my best to deal with that. When you start to realize it's not necessarily working or there's some other kind of challenge going on, that's when maybe you start looking around, do you need some medication? Yeah. Or do you need to take care of some other part of your environment? But there's a lot we can do ahead of that that you know might get us further along. So, so stepping back a minute, uh, I, I think a lot of people know your story, um, but I, I want to make sure we tell it for anyone who doesn't. Re regarding depression, um, tell us a little bit more what, is, what you're comfortable talking about in terms of um, you know, your lowest moments, when you knew you had a problem, um, you know, that type of thing, your story. Wow. Uh, you know, I would say that uh, I've probably felt wrong most of my life. I, w I would mm -hmm. say most of my life. I, you know, I didn't quite feel the same as anybody else. Um, but there's the, there's pluses and minuses to that. You know, I've yeah. always felt like I was an alien from some other planet, <laughs> um, which also kind of gave me a lot of opportunity to yeah. do stuff other people wouldn't do. You know, I, I'm very different in, in a lot of things. You know, I just don't see things the way other people do, which is a plus. To the yeah. minus, I mean, you know, when you're depressed, uh, I thought everyone had the same kinds of voices. I thought everyone felt, you know, this way and just thought sleep was a great idea. I mean, just hours before this conversation, I was just talking to my fiance and I just said, I, I don't know. I, 
and I've had months of depression right now. And I, I told her, you know, I think I just think the right thing to do right now is just go back to bed and start over. Yeah. You know, just go to sleep and then wake up again. And she said, that's so not the right answer. Like, that's your depression talking. And I said, no, I think this time it's real. And that's the thing, like, <laughs> your whole system is set up to lie to you, right? Mm. Um, she goes, I think, you know, you've been doing this for months and you ought to go see a shrink and, you know, get yourself back on track again. And so the first time I ever did that, I went to a shrink. He was pretty famous, it turns out. Hmm. Um, he's on he's on TV a lot. Um, and I wanted to go to him just because, uh, and he was wicked expensive. I wanted to go to him because I figured he would understand the public figure part of who I am. He would understand, like, you know, you can't just stop doing X right. because it's part of your job sort of a thing. Um, and I was right about that. And he was really funny. He had a lot of great advice. He also said, yeah, you're kind of messed up. You should get on these meds. Mm. Um, but that, you know, that becomes a challenging thing too in some ways because a lot of the meds, especially for depression, mess with some other part of your, your life and your body. Like um, depression yeah. meds quite often make you gain weight no matter hmm. what, you know, because some of their side effects and the other is that a lot of them lower your sex drive and i was like hey i like sex like, <laughs> a wicked lot like i would like to not have a lower sex drive yeah. and so we actually tried something that was like an experimental kind of drug and you know what it worked really well hmm. and um a little bit against his will i i quit totally cold turkey when i felt like i kind of had my wheels under me again mm. he said you know do this then this then this and i just like man it's just it's like math like i can't do that and I just stopped taking the pills. And I'll tell you, like, there was a bump. It was like a plane landing. And instead of smooth landing, it bounced right at the end. But um, I, I was fine. Yeah. And I've gone, like, uh, three or four years without that depression since. And so the fact that I feel like right now is the time to go back and grab some new meds, um, you know, that's my method. But on the way there, like, your question was basically, you know, how do you, how do you know or what was that like or whatever? I yeah. mean... Uh, one interesting thing to talk about, John, was the fact that I, I have never felt any kind of weird guilt or shame about it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've never, I, I'm totally open talking to people about depression because I just think it's really natural. And yeah. that's become a weird side conversation at many live events over the last many years and lots of emails. There's a lot of people privately telling me that they have depression problems and they don't want to be out about it, but yeah. they won't, they want to acknowledge that I've been out about it. So that I can tell you. So you you mentioned that you went and saw this shrink. It was you already had some level of fame and notoriety. So, but it sounds like though you you've been dealing with this your entire life, though, right? It just wasn't until that moment that you got some help. Sure. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get help. Uh, you know, for a million billion years, it was it was quite a while before you know I realized that I should do that. I mean, I was was I forty already? Yeah. So I mean, it was. I didn't know as a kid. Um, I can also tell you that there's a lot of genetics involved uh, mm -hmm. a lot of times with depression. And my mom and dad are very, very not depressed kind of people. But my grandfather uh, definitely on both sides had some stuff going on. And my kids, uh, unfortunately, both have depression and anxiety type issues. And they're already uh, pursuing some medications, you know, to try to just level themselves off a little bit. In, in the case of my son, it turned out, I mean, he's a really high-functioning autistic kid, mm -hmm. um, super high-functioning. But it turned out he had so much anxiety going on about some really not things you shouldn't need to be anxiety-prone about that it, it just made it that he um, – it was better that we could, you know, kind of give him some leveling and then he could, you know, take on the world a little bit better. And that's where it's super, super well. So, so that makes sense. And so, and you, you have your therapist. Are you seeing your therapist regularly? Or how often you seen a therapist? 
You know what? I honestly just yeah. uh, decided I'm going to go do this like today. Okay. So, um, I, by the way, you want to know another fun conversation yes. to have? Uh, you know what's broken? Uh, that whole system. Oh, jeez. Uh, so I'm I belong to actually a very good HMO program, like a mm-hmm. health maintenance organization, healthcare program. I, my company pays for, um, and by that I mean me, um, a pretty good healthcare plan, like a really good one. Yeah. And um, so I go on their website to start to try to find a provider, and ninety plus percent of their provider information is wrong. Mm. And I placed a lady hung up on me. I called back and I said, "Look, I, you know, I don't know." I, I, I'm just calling a number. She goes, "Yeah, I don't know why, but they, you know, we're listed, but we're not them, and you know, we're a medical company, but we're not who you need." And I was like, "Wow, so you're hanging up on people with mental problems? Like that doesn't seem like a good idea." Yeah. Um, I call this other place and I said, "I don't know why, but your name is your, your phone number's listed. I know you're not right up the street because I recognize the exchange is, you know, an hour from my house, but that's what the director he says." And she goes, "Yeah, I don't know." So, like, literally a multitude of phone calls. I, I'm seven calls in. The one guy who actually is who he says he is sounded like a zombie. He's like, you reach the house. And I just thought, I, you sound more depressed than me. Like, I don't want to go to you. Yeah. So I'm literally, like, two reasons I took a shower just now is because I knew we were going to be talking and because I'm going to have to leave my house and go up the street and physically knock on a door like it's the 1400s <laughs> to say, I might have some problems. I'd sure yeah. love some drugs. What do you got? Yeah. It's probably easier to score pot, I say to the guy from Denver. It's probably. probably easier to score pot than it is to actually get a medical, you know, person to help me out in a medical way. That's actually actually very, very true. Now, I, I think it depends on where in the Denver area, uh, Chris. I'm not in one of those areas, but I wouldn't know. I hear you. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you already made the connection between feeling well uh, physically Mentally, and honestly, I don't think you'll have an argument with this. It goes both ways. That if you aren't feeling well physically, you're not going to feel well mentally. If you aren't feeling well mentally, you're not going to, you know. So it's it's really really important. Um, so you mentioned the, the therapist that you see occasionally. Um, well, are there is there anyone else on your payroll, or is there any anything else that you do? You know, obviously you keep in shape. Is it your fiance who's, who's basically your trainer, or do you have a nutritionist? I mean, how, how do you handle all that? Oh, well, you know what? Uh, she probably wouldn't want that job uh, because, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm like most uh, people when it comes to their healthcare, I mean, their uh, fitness plans is I don't follow them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've studied a lot of it myself and, you know, she's got her master's in nutrition and she's got a lot of background in uh, health and, and whatnot. Um, she's actually working on her PhD in like psychoneuroimmunology and stuff like that, mind-body medicine. Um, but I, you know, we put out a book together. We wrote a book called Just Start Here on the last big weight loss thing I did and how I did it because people seem so baffled by it. Um, and so I know all the things I need to do. Like I know that, you know, toast isn't really a valid meal and whatever. But that's the thing. One of the things about when you know your depression isn't you're down in the dumps is when you're making choices that you know aren't the right choice hmm. um, repeatedly and you have to kind of find some way to jolt yourself out of that. So, you, I mean, you could technically do it in most cases without any kind of medication. It just turns out that in a lot of cases, um, the medication can be temporary. Now, again, some very small sense of people need it for their whole life. They're just forever. They're, it's like a vitamin deficiency. I'm so sorry. It's like a vitamin deficiency. Um, and they're going to need some kind of medication their whole life to keep them on like a baseline that's anywhere close to what norm, normally uh, measured people would feel. 
not normal people, but you know, people who fall within the mean, let's say. Um, and I will say that the, um, in my case, what happens is if I get dropped really, really, really low and it stays that way for a while, I need to figure out some way to get back out. And I could probably fight the whole fight without any kind of medication whatsoever, but I've just, too many months in a row, I've been like, uh, starting and stopping. And so I just decided I'm just going to have to kickstart myself and that's how I'm going to do it. You made a really good point. Interesting point. I, I haven't heard before in, in trying to differentiate, you know, are you just, it's just the blues you're down in dumps or is this a serious problem? And that's, are you doing something over and over that you know you shouldn't be doing as a result? That may be misquoting you. That's essentially what you said, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, uh, so, so again, I kind of think about how important that support system is to notice that as well, because you may notice it, but I feel like it's, it's got to be tough for you to acknowledge it that it's a problem and I need to 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 get fixed, quote unquote, as opposed to having you even said your fiance said, hey, you should go get some help. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, I call it escape velocity. So when you're orbiting a body like the planet Earth and you have a lot of gravity holding you down to the planet Earth, uh, rockets have to achieve a certain escape velocity to get past the gravitational <laughs> Uh, force, right? So in physics, what this really means is I need to get a force that is greater than the force of gravity to get me out of orbit. Like this is like way past 30,000 feet airplane stuff. This is like, I'm going to try to get to another planet. So that's a, that's an important deal. Um, I think escape velocity is one of the biggest problems we have when we're trying to deal with getting ourselves out of our, you know, me mental problems, you know, of any kind you know, even feeling down in the, in the dumps. And so that's when, if you know you have no escape velocity whatsoever, if you're just wallowing, um, that's another thing Jack told me. She's like, you know, you can only wallow so long and then I'm not allowing for it. You can't wallow yeah. anymore. You gotta suck it up, buttercup, and do some work. <laughs> and we love, we're big fans of kind of tough love, although I'm so whiny when I'm in this mode that, you know, I don't want to be tough love. I just want someone to cuddle me. And like be like, I'll cuddle you, you go, Chris. Go, I'll cuddle you. Go back to bed. You know, the yeah. bed is a great idea. You should. I basically, you know, it's almost like alcohol. You know what I mean? Alcohol, in a lot of ways, is like you know what would be a great idea. That's like that's alcohol's favorite thing after like twelve drinks. You yeah. know what would be a great idea? <laughs> you know. So yeah. that's what depression does to you. Depression says you don't be awesome right now. Lay in your bed. That is a great plan. You know what else you should do is nothing. Because nothing sounds like an awesome idea. Right. Um, so escape velocity becomes really important. And I think that there are ways, uh, you know, again, one is start somewhere, you know, that, that it's always number one It's just start somewhere. Cause we always have this, like, we'll never make it kind of thing. Kanye West is 53 million bucks in debt. <laughs> Donald Trump has twice been, uh, as much as a billion dollars in debt. Wow. You know, he was bankrupt and then some by a billion dollars. He said like at a negative $1 billion valuation, I have way less money than the homeless guy. That guy's better off than me. Um, and, and so let's pretend you're Kanye for a minute. What do you, where do you start besides asking Mark Zuckerberg for a loan? <laughs> you, you know, you basically have to start thinking, well, all right, do I cut something? Do I just earn some more? Okay, well, what am I going to do to, this is all you got to ask you. What will it take is the most important question. And then the answer is just, you know, figure out where you could start. So go for a 30 minute walk three times a week. Just start there. Uh, promise yourself that you will uh, have protein at every meal. Mm. So even if you're going to eat all the toast in the world, 
throw some eggs on top of the toast. And at least that's going to put you a step above just toast, you know, whatever it is. So um, if you're eating a pint of ice cream a day, which I am not, um, <laughs> if you're eating a pint of ice cream a day, maybe try to get it to every other day or something. You yeah. know, allow yourself some baby steps for just a little bit. And then you have to hit that escape velocity moment, though, where you're like, that was yesterday, today I'm this, and, and just be that thing. That's how people evidently who kick addiction without any other kind of uh, systems right. kick it is they say, oh, I don't do that anymore. And th this is what I do now. And that's it. And it's a weird mental switch that clicks. And the ones who are the most successful are the ones who that's all they point to is, I, I don't know, I just decided this isn't what I am. Right. It, it, man, there's so many different directions we can go with this because you, you bring up addiction um, and that's actually one of the topics I want to talk about. I know we don't have a, t a ton of time here. I'm, I'm respecting your time here. Um, but j at least briefly, I don't know how long we need to talk about this. It seems to me that people like you and me, the entrepreneurs, people who may struggle with structure, people who um, have are, are isolated, that may not have um, so, a good social uh, support system around them because they're so isolated, would be more prone to addiction. Um, I don't have any facts to back that up, just my own theory. I mean, any thoughts on that? So we as human beings have two real basic uh, systems built into us from birth and they just never go away. We love comfort and we love to avoid pain. And that's, that's it, that's the real basics. So um, addiction is essentially a lot of times the if this feels good, I should do it more. Um, and if this feels good, I'll do it a lot. And then if this feels good, I'll just do this because I can't stand the pain anymore and I just need to get away from that pain. And that's, that's how all addictions work, right? Sex addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. I, there are some chemical markers that make it a lot trickier. Like sure. heroin, for instance, is, is one of those drugs that if people take it, like it just rewires a whole bunch of things. And it's like, you're going to have a problem here. Um, sugar addiction, by the way, tons and tons of studies that people have paid no attention to maps directly to the same stuff as cocaine addiction. Mm. So someone says to you, I was a coke addict, you should say, me too. Because 90 <laughs> plus percent of us, minus the diabetics probably, are all like, yeah, I'm totally sugar addicted. All my diabetic friends are sugar addicted. You know who gets all their toes cut off? Are people who still like sneak candy bars when they're told they can't have any more sugar. Right. Right? So um, addiction though, again, is you know we're trying to fill a hole. And um, when we are feeling isolated and all that, sometimes we create our holes too. Sometimes we you know, set ourselves up for this stuff. But a lot of times with addiction, um, you know, it's just those two buttons, you know, rapidly being clicked, like pleasure, 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 no pain, no pain, no pain. Uh, and we eventually have to step aside and say, okay, maybe there's some other thing I could do here to make this work. And there is no growth without pain. It's the other challenge in all of our life. Um, back to isolation though, John, yeah. one thing, that, uh, one thing I think about that is that you know, I'm, I'm very much the same as you. I don't, there's not a person outside of this house in, I don't know how many miles. My fiance lives almost an hour away, <laughs> but there's, you know, not a person outside of this house who, you know, I hang out with on any average given day. Yeah. And the people I hang out with are like you and I on this call right. or, you know, a bunch of other times where I'm talking to somebody online. When I go places, I, I sometimes remember to message people and say, hey, I'm in your, I'm in your hood, we should hang out. Uh, and a lot of times I forget or I mess up or, you know, I just am too introverted to want to do it. Um, 
I would say the thing about isolation that we should think about or that you know entrepreneurial types should think about it's not a bad thing to be isolated and it's not a bad thing to be ultra social um, but we do need other humans around us all yeah. humans do uh, there are very 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 super marginally tiny exception of people who absolutely don't need humans but we, humankind's greatest need is the need to feel wanted yeah um, and so I would say that it's pretty hard to do that if you're kind of off on your own mountain absolutely and I think we need different types of humans, if that makes any sense. Like I've got my family around me at all times. So I've got that support system, but I need other types of touches as well. Um, yeah, I need, I need to have people I hang out with who are friends and, um, not, you know, not to sound like a loner here, but that you have different, just type, different types of relationships. John Robinson talks about how he's my business manager, backup CEO guy, uh, talks about yeah. one of the probably dumbest things he's ever done. It worked out was he picked up, moved from Arizona, sold his house, Moved to San Diego all by himself. And that was just a recipe for potential disaster. He made it through it. But uh, I, I think that's really important. So as we start, as you think about all the things we've talked about, I'm trying to, mm-hmm. trying to think through a blueprint, quote unquote, and I hate, you know, follow these steps and you'll be successful or get out of whatever. But some really important things in, or, in order to uh, kind of avoid a deep depression, help, you, help yourself, or just get out of the dumps, whatever it is. Um, just, I, I think some important things that we've mentioned are, you know, eating healthy. And so, so certainly jump in whenever I forget something, eating healthy, doing something physical, uh, that is consistent and regular, um, having that support system. What other like environmental, what, what, what other, what, what else can we add to this blueprint to, to help people out? Uh, it's a great question. Enough sleep, but not too much sleep. Um, some people really just mess with their sleep cycles a lot, and that's not going to help you. Um, and, and real quick, so with sleep, probably having a, a regular sleep schedule is as important as anything, right? It doesn't hurt, man. I mean, when I'm functioning at full capacity, when everything's just rocking, I go to bed like eight thirty or nine. I get up at six, and wow. you know that's a good lot of sleep. You know, I mean, that's some that's some that could be uh, nine or almost 10 hours. A lot of times I like to get 10 hours and you know, people everywhere are like, Oh, six is what you need. And six is kind of the minimum viable product. More than 10 is like, you know, you're trending towards depression again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like eight to 10 hours and but, people say, yeah, but how do you find the time? Yeah. We all can find the time. Absolutely. hundred percent of us can find the time is what our choices are. I, I think the quality of that sleep matters too. If you've got a, a device by your bed, if, um, if you go to bed after drinking, honestly, you could sleep 10 hours and feel like crap the next day. Either way, so that, the quality is important. So, okay, sleep's another one. Absolutely. I think sleep schedule. I think uh, dietary-wise, um, I think that it's, it's, it's so annoying to say, like, maintain a healthy, balanced diet because no one knows what that means anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I can tell you that um, – Protein is really important to our lives. I can tell you that, you know, a small amount of carbs, not a ton of carbs. I think when we go really high in carbs, high in dairy or high in sugar, we have problems. That's why people Mm. rave about the paleo diet, uh, because that's really the basics of it. No grain, no dairy, no sugars. Um, And so I would say that I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can tell you that uh, when we trend towards towards having a much higher percentage of that, that causes us challenges because we're pouring chemicals into our body uh, that are impacting our choices in our mind and our decisions and our thought processes. And then saying, I don't know why I'm depressed. I'll have (laughs) another couple slices of pizza. Absolutely. (laughs) 
so there's that. And then, John, I think the other thing, you know, when we talk about a support system or whatever, that always sounds so clinical and scary. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It, there's two things that might kind of help out a little bit. One is to have a couple of buddies that don't do anything like what you do. Hmm. You know what I mean? That, that are just not in any way connected to your to your vertical world. Uh, because if you're talking to your work-like buddies, then they're going to talk about work-like stuff. Yeah. Um, but you then also have to accept that it's more like storytelling at that point. If this person wants to talk to you about why Donald Trump would be an incredible president, then we should just let him have that conversation <laughs> and just smile politely. And then when you talk to them, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But yeah. I guess my point is... Um, there's not a lot of investment needed for that kind of external connection. It's just a matter of having some kind of discourse, some kind of interaction, some kind of way that you can, you know, someone sees you and you see them and whatever. It could be the deli counter person. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't have to be someone that's going to be your buddy for life. You know, you don't have to get matching tattoos. It's just it's good to connect yourself. I, I think that's, again, another example. Just get out of the freaking house. Like, I, I, I don't get out of the house a lot, and I need to get out more. And, and when you do get out, yeah, be friendly. Have small talk, something, anything. You know, I, I think uh, all that helps. So yeah, well, virtual workers—that's one of the things that they fail at the most is that they forget to build in small talk. Yeah, or they oh, have like the most lame of small stuff. I'm the worst. Talk. I have terrible small talk. Yeah, so let's let's yeah. not small talk ever because I'm bad at it. Unless you want to lead the way. No, I, buddy, I don't, you know, my, I always try to start with something so off weird that, yeah. the, you know, it'll at least get us talking about something, you know, yeah. do you think Aquaman's even worth it? Like, why is there an Aquaman? <laughs> you know, just start there. Cause you know, the person's like, I don't know. I don't read comic books or whatever. And I go, well, I don't know. He's a guy who can like control sea animals. Is that doing anything for you? Right. right. You know what I mean? Because that's so much cooler than talking about the weather. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you feeling? That's a good one too right now. It's terrible. How are you, how are you feeling? Yeah. Well, I'm a little gassy. I had <laughs> diarrhea earlier um, because I ate way too many olives and evidently yeah. my body doesn't think that's a great idea. You know, like no one wants to know. And if you ask the wrong person that question, then you're mm. stuck with like a 40 minute medical history story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, man. And do anything else we need to add to this blueprint? Otherwise, I think we may be ready to lock it down here. Buddy, I think you're right. Um, Start small, yeah. you know. I, that's that's the most important thing. When you're in a hole, uh, all you got to do is just kick a little dirt to start making the ramp. You know, you just got to get out there a little bit at a time. You know, yeah. that's a bit. I think it's a really good point for so many changes that we need to make in life. It, it could be changing our diet or or be you know doing something physical and running or whatever. Um, it could be your business. Uh, you know, a lot of people listening for business tips. That's is exactly one of them. Don't do. Don't try to do everything overnight because you're going to fail. You're going to be disappointed, and you're just going to get more depressed. So start with with little wins, little things that you can do that are an improvement, and celebrate those little wins. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. I I I, I was thinking through this, and I reached out to you because I want to talk about this topic, but I felt like me talking to myself, talking to myself on this show. Being isolated would be depressing. Talk about depression. So, so having you on, you're always fun to talk to, and we haven't talked talked in a while. So, I really appreciate. No, buddy, I'm the, I'm really happiest about that that we just get to chat. I don't, and I'm always talk, happy to talk about depression. You know, um, comedy helps. Mm. You know what I mean? That's 
uh, comedy equals uh, time plus tragedy or tragedy plus time or whatever. That's what yeah, they say. Yeah. Um, you got to laugh at all this stuff. Um, I watched a comedian make this whole point out of the fact that everything is funny. You can make fun of anything. You can make fun of cancer. You can make fun of anything. And you can say the most horrendous things. Yeah. And it's probably going to still be funny. I think that's true that we have to laugh at ourselves too. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're so depressed that we are counting when was the last day we bathed, you know, there's some humor in that in a scary <laughs> way. So. Yeah. And by the way, uh, today, I, you know, an hour ago. Awesome. Very, yeah. For me, very clean. I smell so good right now. Me, uh, you'll you'll like this. It, it was last night, like yesterday evening. But prior to that, it had been three days. And I was telling, see, my, I told my wife, I was like, stay away from me, because I and I even ran right before I showered. I was like, I, yeah. I like when you know when you smell yourself, it, it, it's bad. But uh, I did that yesterday. I was on the uh, the step mill at the gym. And I'm like doing my steps and I'm starting to get a little sweaty. And yeah. I was like, I smell like a donkey. <laughs> like I would not want to be this guy beside me. There's this poor old man beside me. And yeah. I think he started stepping faster to try to get done with the workout. That's awesome. Well, Chris, I, I think every, everybody knows you, but where can they find you if they, if they haven't stumbled on Chris Brogan before? Hey, just uh, if you just Google the, the first name Chris, you're so likely to find me anyway. Mm. Uh, ChrisBrogan.com. Um, but if you sign up to my newsletter, my newsletter is a little different than any other one in the world, which is you can just hit reply at any time and I answer mm-hmm. it. So you what's do. cool about that is if you liked the conversation, you can just hit reply to any old issue of my newsletter and be like, hey, Chris, I heard you on John Loomer's amazing show. And even though you didn't talk about beer and fun stuff, um, it was a good show. And I'll talk back to you. And I can vouch for that fact. I mean, before we knew one another, I sent you an email and and you had no idea who I, who I was, I'm sure, and you responded. You're great. You, you, you're awesome, man. You give us all something uh, to shoot for. I say shoot for just as an, a good example for how we should be carrying ourselves as entrepreneurs, and you're appreciated, my man. Thank you, my man. Well, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening in. And absolutely, if you, have, if you want to provide any feedback, you know, your story, Reach out to me at john at johnlimmer.com. Reach out to Chris. Find me on social media. Find Chris on social media at Chris Brogan, right, on Twitter as well. Um, Otherwise, until next time, everybody, do awesome things. We're out.